Welcome, 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 everybody, to another episode of the Heineman Brothers Hockey Show. This is a show about the NHL. Um, well, it's about hockey in general that I do with my brothers. Um, we do it from just about across the country. Um, we get together once a week and we talk puck and we talk uh, what we're up to. So let's get into it. Um, Lou, what's going on? Oh, nothing much. Um, got to volunteer at our booster club yesterday. We were at like a WWE event, but uh, apparently the WWE is very uh, particular about who they let watch their shows. They had black curtains pulled across everything. People couldn't look, and if people look through the curtains before the venue started, before the thing started, apparently the venue is fine, like ten thousand dollars. Kind of wild and random. The venue's fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe they gotta they gotta get their secret practices in. Hey, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, wait, you mean it's not real? So far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably gonna go see a movie later today. But what, 1917? Probably. Nice. Heard it's good. They do it all in one shot. Well, no. Well, it's it's all they filmed it sequentially. I think is what yeah. you should. Sorry. That's completely what, in order. Yeah. So, so same which, which <laughs> well, it's, it's not all one shot. But. You know when uh, you know when you you think of something and then you see like a you see it like over and over again. I feel like I, there's that Tolkien movie now 1917, and uh, I, I listen to this podcast called Hardcore History by Dan Carlin, and he does a great three part series on the First World War. So uh, I've been getting a lot of World War One lately. You don't get a lot of World War One. Yep, and you got um the the Kingsman movie is going to take place around that time, I believe. Huh, see, World War One popping in, popping into uh, the modern day. How What's up, terrible. Ty? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> What's up, boys? How are you? Uh, fucking great day here in Somerville, Massachusetts. Uh, you know, it's a January day in new england and that usually means the weekend that the patriots are playing and it's cold as shit but this year patriots are not playing and it's 67 degrees today Uh, so i'm going to play tennis in a little bit thought about playing golf but it's fucking ridiculous over here so i'm just gonna spend outside day outside hopefully um and uh then maybe we'll talk some hockey this morning should be a fun episode with the uh all-star teams and stuff like that yeah, we got the All Star teams. We got uh, uh, Ty's trade quarter corner corner. Wow, um, <laughs> it's a little early. It's a little earlier here on the West Coast. Four uh, quarter. Well, we can change it. Yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> still, mean, still young. <laughs> we're, we're supposed to be getting uh, a little snow this week. So uh, yeah, I never know what that means to people here because last <laughs> year, last year they had snowmageddon, which was. Which was like, uh, I want to say, I think I had eight inches on the ground after all was said and done. Mm. But uh, kind of a normal <laughs> East Coast storm. Yeah, I feel like the weather is just getting wackier and wackier every year. We really, I don't think we're going to get that much snow this year. Like, But going up to Vermont next weekend to ski, so they get plenty of snow. Which is just weird, like... In less than a week, I'll be skiing on a mountain with snow two hours away, and it's 68 <laughs> degrees right now. So what do I live well, in, Chile? Well, that is uh, 
<laughs> Maybe you live in Everett because that's what we have. You know, except the mountain's only like 30 minutes from here. Um, Chile, another good example, though, of desert to mountain. So, yeah, I want to go there. <laughs> um, Santiago. That's that's fun to say. That's fun to say. <laughs> Francisco. Francisco. <laughs> All right. Uh, Lou, what is the news? All right. Let's, let's dive into it. Um, so Patrick Marlowe and Joe Thornton each achieved a milestone in the game they played against uh, the Dallas Stars. In, that was uh, Joe Pavelski's return. Uh, so fitting for all three of those guys getting together. Um, Pavelski in his 1700th NHL game. Marlowe in his 1700th. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Yes. Um, which is wild to Bananas. think about. Um, <laughs> And then Thornton played in his uh, 1,613th game, which passes Ray Bork for 11th place in NHL history. So kind of wild how many games those guys have played. And uh, speaking of that 1,700 mark for Marlowe, is currently uh, also at 831 consecutive um, to pass Andrew Cogliano's mark of 830 to a fifth longest streak in NHL history. Slowly in the wakes, waiting behind Keith Yandel. Let's hope both those guys can uh, can shatter that record. Yeah, Yandel is absolutely obliterate it. Yeah, what is the mark to beat? They're coming up. I think it's in the nine hundreds. I think it's nine hundred something. Yeah. Um. So they got. They still got. Like I think Yans probably has one more full season. Um, Who has the Iron Man streak? Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember I his name. It's been on hockey history. It probably has been. Um, I'll set you. I'll tee you guys up with something else, and then um, and then I'll go uh, find it. Um, uh, so uh, Pecorine scores the first goalie goal since 2013. Goalie I feel like we goal. we talked we talked about that not a, not too long ago, and here it is happening for us. Well, oh, yeah. God. Well, we it's we talked best. about it not happening that often, but uh, and because. A lot of the times, um, unless you got that two goal lead with the goalie pulled, that's kind of when you see the goalies go for it. Um, uh, Pekka looked pumped that he scored it too. I mean, it's kind of late in his career; he's never scored a goal, um, and uh, you could just see it on his face afterwards with all his teammates jumping on him. Uh, nothing like getting that uh, that that fifth goal in a five-two win. Uh, but uh, it makes it a lot happier when you're wearing the pads. So uh, I love seeing it. Yeah, it's fucking best. Love when goalie score as a defenseman. Like it's just one of the greatest things you could see. I think uh, your, your goalie just selling because he scored. Like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was glad to see Rene do it. I always rooted for that guy. He's always gotten a lot of shit. Yeah, I, I will say it was interesting that uh, they obviously went back and, you know, they did a little video showing them all. And it's it's amazing how few of them were legitimately shot at the net. Um, most of them are just the goalie made a save on a delayed penalty and then the opposing team missed a pass and threw it into their own net. But uh, but Rene shot this one. But yeah, I feel like I saw the list of like goalies and I was like, wow, that's a lot. But I think there's only, a, you're right, a short list of guys who actually shot it. Like, mm-hmm. And that was one of the distinctions with uh, when I asked you guys who was the original goalie. Uh, Hextall was the first goalie to actually shoot it in. 
and both uh, of his okay. were both of his were actually shot in. Yeah, so that's why he's kind of known three, as the right. Yeah, but yeah, but only one of his he shot in. The other two were saves on delayed penalties that ended up in the back of the net. Uh, um, but I do have your guys' number. Uh, so Doug Jarvis uh, played 964 games straight between October 8th of 1975 till October 10th of 1987. Wow. 12 straight years. Where? Uh, <laughs> let's see. You don't know where Doug Jarvis played, Ty? <laughs> Jarvis. <laughs> he was a, oh, he was a mix. He was in Montreal and Washington, and then he finished it in Hartford. Oh, that was his entire career. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, never, yeah. Missed uh, game. never, yeah. never missed a game. Got, got up every morning, went and played hockey, and then you know one day retired. Wow, <laughs> that's incredible. Uh, and he's at nine sixty four. Yandel's currently at uh, eight forty one. So we're looking at by the end of this season, he'll be he'll probably be one full season away from from passing it. Uh, Marlow only ten behind him. And then Kessel only ten behind Marlowe. Nice. I assume I assume that playoff games count in the the Ironman streak because I mean that that makes Marlowe even more impressive. I feel like because of the amount of playoff games that he's played, you know, in his career, or at least over his streak, the past eight hundred change games. Yeah, in the beginning of his career, he definitely played some playoff games. I don't think he's played. My guess is, my guess years. is that it wouldn't count. Well, How actually, could, we, no. I mean, the well, NHL is weird. Like when Eichel so, had that point streak, he didn't play in a game, and they said like the streak technically ended. It's like, well, his point per game, yeah, point per game streak is still alive if he didn't play in the game, but they didn't recognize it. So no, I know, but but well, let's well let's see because. Uh, Yandel, he's they're only ten apart. Yandel's well, what's today? So the Yandel's is from March twenty sixth, and Marlowe is uh, April 9th of the same year to now. So that's it's only like a year, uh, both oh nine, and they're only ten apart. So that that I I think Marlowe's played a hell of a lot more uh, playoff games than Keith Yandel has. I would guess. Yeah, you're right. So I would I would have expected him is to be a lot long. I bet you it's regular season only. Hmm. That makes that's sense. That's good inferences. Uh, yeah, I guess. Although I would think something like Iron Man streak, uh, you you would include the playoffs. But um, yeah, you're right, Ty. The NHL is weird about some of their records and and what constitutes what. But. Uh, all right. Well, uh, also, didn't uh, wasn't there like I think Thornton was one of them since you mentioned him, Lou, that uh, is in his now fourth decade. Yep, he's one of I think uh, it's like three guys there. I think it's him, Marlowe, and um, Chara. I think, or I guess this. We're going I know what you're talking the, about. Yeah, yeah, they, they started. They, they started in the nineties. Yeah, we we still have players that played in the nineties, basically. Which is crazy impressive, considering what ice hockey does to your body uh, yeah. over that amount of time. Um, all right, uh, quick little. Oh, uh, Justin Williams 
uh, signed a one-year contract with the Hurricanes. Uh, there is not currently um, any uh, – he doesn't have like a, a plan for his debut yet, uh, but he signed a one-year $700,000 contract with the Carolina Hurricanes. I think – at least I was kind of expecting this, you know. Coming off last year, he's definitely getting up there to age 38. Um, and, you know, take a year off and then bring a vet in like that for for a, a couple pennies. Like, um, uh, I think pretty smart move. I think we're starting to see that a little bit more um, around the league. Well, it's halfway through the season. It's time to get the guy with the team. You know, maybe he wasn't going to make it through the whole season, but I think they were probably planning on this the whole time. I know other teams were mm-hmm. – talked about in the mix but this was probably the plan from the beginning you know let's make another run at it yeah if you see gonna, the other uh old guy go... getting paid 700 grand last night oh yeah <laughs> getting that ot winner kovalchuk good. he's a scumbag but good for him <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna make a playoff run you need mr game seven in your lineup <laughs> yeah good call yeah, and if, um, if you're going to do a rebuild, then you need Kovalchuk scoring overtime winners. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we got another con- contract signed last year. Uh, Rasmus Anderson uh, out in Calgary. Defenseman signed a six-year, $27.3 million contract on Wednesday. It's an AAV of $4.55 million. So I have not watched too much Flames, so I don't know too much about him, but that's a that's a pretty solid deal. I think probably for for him, obviously, and then um, if he if he can, you know, put out any kind of good numbers, uh, four five five for six years is a pretty solid lockup for a young defenseman. That team should be better defensively. I mean, when you go through the names, it's uh, Giordano, Anderson. You got Hannafin and Hamanick and. Uh, well, that's where my Calgary Flames defense stops. Maybe that's why they're not very good. But um, <laughs> that's pretty good. Well, I mean, I mean your top that's four. A, that's a decent top four. Um, they've uh, although they they beat Edmonton last night, so um, mm-hmm. they've definitely been better since uh, Bill Peters got fired. But um, but yeah, they got to have a lot of money tied up on that blue line. Uh, you're missing T.J. Brody and uh, Oliver Killington. Oh, wow. What a so. great name. <laughs> What's the Oliver kid's name? Killington. Blue, the defenseman? Uh, Rasmus Anderson, who just signed. Yeah. It's minus 13. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen much about him either. I know I'm trying to, I try to be our defensive expert, but um, I got nothing on this guy, to be honest. Um, I'm, But yeah, so you guys say those names, and it's like, this guy going to surpass a couple of those guys because if not he seems like he's the 5-6 guy right now. That's a lot to be paying. Uh, Man, you know, it's kind of you know, wild. <laughs> I guess I'm, I pulled up where they were. So, I mean, Calgary is uh, leading the Pacific right now. But uh, they, they're minus 8, which means when you beat the Calgary Flames, you beat the shit out of the Calgary Flames. Yeah, maybe you're right. Because I mean, they're leading the division with a minus eight goal differential. That's kind of wild. Yeah, so he's, I mean, he's sixth on the team, so he plays a lot. But there's four, Brody, Hamnick, Hannafin, and Gio. They all play more than him, like on, you know, average. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, but he plays more than Johnny Hockey and Kachuk. Oh, man. 
Oh yeah, I wanted to kind of talk about that. Yeah, that's yep. Uh, While we're talking about the Calgary Flames, Zach Cassian is going to have a hearing for his actions uh, against the Calgary Flames. Uh, Basically, what had happened is Matthew Kachuk ran him over three times um, in the game, and after the and all three were really good hard hits. Um, and then the third one, Cassian kind of lost his mind and his helmet flew off and he chucked his gloves off and just basically went after Kachuk and Kachuk decided not to do anything. He just sat there and took some pretty (laughs) brutal swinging, at least. I don't know how much he, uh, uh, he connected, but, uh, Cassian got a double minor for roughing and a misconduct penalty. And then Calgary scored on the ensuing power play to win the game, uh, in the last two minutes, this all happened. So I'm I'm torn on this one. I I feel like Kachuk should, you know, you're gonna hit a guy like that, especially that guy being Cassian, should be ready to kind of drop the gloves. But at the same time, they're all clean checks, and if Cassian wants to try to punch him in the face and he draws a penalty, then good on good on Kachuk. Yeah, I think I'm with the latter on that one because uh, that and that's why Kachuk is such a uh, central pillar of that Flames team is he knows what situation they're in. He he knows it's it's the tie game going in late, and he he agitated the person he's probably been trying to agitate all night, and finally sees him coming after him. He gets his team up on the power play, which wins his team the game. Uh, he's not just an agitator; he's like a he's a smart hockey player um, with skill. So um, it's Kachuk showing again that he can use his brain just as much as he can use his body to help that flames team lead the Pacific, which I didn't realize they had gotten into first place, but, uh, that's, that's going to be a jumbled position or, uh, division anyway it's going to go down to the wire there, but, uh, they just, yeah. they just hopped the Yotes, but yeah, absolute great gamemanship. I agree with siege that, you do whatever it takes to win, and if that takes getting in someone's head and like feigning that you're gonna fight him, fine, whatever. He definitely uh, got under his skin, and you could tell that with Cassian's like post game comments. He was uh, he's basically just yeah. like rambling and being like, yeah. he's a fucking pussy. Like yeah, he called him a pussy, pussy on so camera. <laughs> and I was just like, Jesus, man, like you really got under his skin. Um, and then the Chucks were great after. Um, what did he say? He was just like, yeah. Thanks for the thanks for the uh, power play. Thanks for the first place. Uh, like, we'll see you later. I'll do that all night. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of wild. The, do you want to see? Uh, I don't. If you want to continue with, with the flames, go go first because I have a, a segue. Okay, so I was just gonna say that 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 Pacific is is really tight. Um, Winnipeg, who is the third place in the wild card race right now with fifty two points. Uh, is only three points behind the Pacific leading Calgary Flames. Yeah, so it's Calgary 55. Oh, Winnipeg? Why did I do that? <laughs> oh, well then, okay. So so the whole, everything, so all five playoff teams, both wildcard teams are Pacific. But again, Vancouver, the number two spot, is 52 points. So in between, it's 55 for Calgary, Arizona, Vegas, 54, 53 in Edmonton, and 52 in Vancouver. So that that can jump all over the place on any given night. Yes. Uh, yes that'll be fun refrain to watch. from reading standings. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, I, I understand why it's important to show that there's only like <laughs> four points or three points between uh, the top five teams in the Pacific, but um, 
I, I wanted to ask if you got did you guys see Delorier fight um Alexiak, I wanna say? Ooh, um, no when D- the big Dallas leg. oh my god when Dallas went to uh uh Anaheim uh most of the talk was of Corey Perry where they gave him uh quite the standing o for coming back even though he was in a suit um with his suspended or, yeah um but um Delorier and Alexiak one of the best fights I've seen in a long time I mean both of them throwing um uh getting hit in the face uh, and uh, not a defensive fight that's for sure um and i don't i don't delorier might have gotten the best of him uh, delorier is a is a beast uh when he drops the gloves i i feel like he's had a couple this year um against big guys i didn't see it but i'm going to have to look it up i mean i want to look it up right now but i'm going to refrain <laughs> And I'll check it out later. But yeah, I'm, I'm, Gloria, I haven't seen much of him. Is he a fourth liner for Dallas? Is he a D man? Uh, uh, for Anaheim, uh, I believe oh, he's Les on, Les yeah. on the Stars now. Yeah, remember, remember that happened last year where they oh, made yeah, the, the same back. exact trade with the yeah. Penguins? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Figured he would have gotten shipped off somewhere by now. No, uh, they had no trade backs. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's do some more news, Lou. All right. A quick, uh, oh, a quick, um, a quick couple uh, injury no, it updates. A quick. Gosses Bear is going to be out for uh, three weeks. Um, Ty, any thoughts on uh, Ghost going down for a couple weeks? I mean, he's been all right. Obviously, it sucks to see a guy get hurt. I love Ghost. Um, but it kind of yeah, it can give a chance to Philip Myers and a couple other guys who haven't gotten a ton of minutes. Ghost has been scratched a few games this year. Um, he kind of came back better after being sat down, but um, hopefully when he comes back, he can you know give us a surge before the playoffs. Right, yeah, uh, me. I'm playing a little bit. They've been playing a little bit better since since you. Uh... We're, we're starting to get kind of dark on your flyers. Tough well, just like, night. I mean, yeah, the Bolts are playing really well right now. They played well, um, but if they can't win on the road, like, you're not going to win. You know, they literally suck on the road. They sucked awfully more after they came off of the Vegas trip. So I hope they had fun there. But <laughs> there's like a stat that NHL teams are like, just awful the day or like the game after playing Vegas. It's pretty funny. NHL penguins. Uh, Losers. (laughs) Um, And then uh, to wrap up our injury section, uh, can just place the slots (laughs) till like 9 p.m. Okay, I get steak. Go sleep. (laughs) We might get Sid back tonight too. So Shay. Um, Logan Couture out approximately six weeks for the Sharks with a fractured ankle, so they're going to miss him. Uh, they're right on that cusp um, of the playoffs. Oh, no, not really. Well, six points out, but they're going to miss him. That's that's a long time without their uh, number one center up there. Yeah, I, yeah. Wish, I wish I had seen how bad the Sharks were going to be early in the season. That was one of my big misses, I think, when we did the, the preseason previews. Um, they suck. 
Yeah, I keep trying to have Stan on, but I think he's avoiding it. <laughs> uh, Stanton, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to say. You lose Pavelski, I mean, he's your captain, but it's a huge thing. And then you just, you know, trade Marlowe for Pavelski kind of. And, yeah, it's not the same. You lost John Scoy, you lost the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, did and we, now did we talk the about... down. Yeah. Did we talk about uh, the Red Wings firing their coach last week? No. I don't think so. Um, I don't remember if that happened this week or, or last week. I think it may have happened last week, and we just didn't uh, mention it. Uh, but I feel we were we had a conversation. That's another thing we had a conversation about a couple weeks ago was do we think um, he's got a little bit of a leash because where they are, or do, does uh, Iserman kind of want to – have his got his own guy and that that appears to be kind of the the outcome chances that Iserman is on the bench at some point in the next two years <laughs> i mean he's um, i mean i know he doesn't do really do that anymore but he's he's back in detroit like he may just want to like get down there and see see feel things out you know see how Larkin is on the bench and stuff well, I mean, I think it, I think it was a, I think it was me who was saying he's going to want to get his own guy and to see what he can do with the roster that they have now, so he knows how to adjust it in the future. Uh, I'm sure he was, I'm sure this whole year is just Eisenman watching so closely and like, what a better hockey brain to watch your team to figure out what to do with it. Um, it's not going to change anything in the next year, maybe not the next two, but. I I don't think it takes Iserman all that long to till you start seeing Detroit um, be a little bit more competitive, and that's pretty easy to say right now because uh, <laughs> yeah, they're bad. They're yeah. really, really bad. What was Colorado's record? Uh, bad season. I think I think they had because um, I feel like Detroit's something like forty six points or something like that. Is that how they got McKinnon? Or no, I, no, that was McKinnon's second year, I think. Because yeah, they were right. really good under Waugh the year before. And then Waugh left because he had pro- him and Sackick had, uh, didn't get along, I guess. Yeah, and I had like and, 47 points or something. And they, points. yeah. It was bad. I mean, they're not, they're not too far off that mark right now. I mean, they're sitting at 27 points with 38 to go. But, uh, so they're, yeah, they're you definitely don't want to be around that. Now. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, but hey, you know they're they're currently sitting in the best chance to uh, to go get Alex Lafreniere. Yeah, I saw a kid wear a makeshift Lafreniere jersey to the Wings game the other night. Oh, uh, you know, tank for him. You know, what I forgot to mention when we talked about the World Juniors is is how how mad is that? Uh, what's his name? Um, Connor. It's not McDavid, but it's it's McMichael. Isn't his name Connor too? I don't know. I feel like I saw that and I was like, well, that's ridiculous now. Now you gotta <laughs> live under the shadow of Connor McDavid because you're another Connor Mick. <laughs> Connor McMichael. <laughs> Am I maybe I'm maybe I'm putting the NHL and Blades of Glory together, but uh... <laughs> Chaz Michael Michael. <laughs> Um, and then we had Snowflake! Another... 
<laughs> well, one coach we kind of all thought where it was safe. Peter Laviolette got uh, fired. Um, get got replaced really quickly with uh, Devils former Devils head coach John Haynes. Haynes. Yep. Um, I took him to win that first game against Boston. I think Tyler did as well. We were wrong, but um, they looked much better in the in their following game. Um, so I think, I think we're 50, 50 on new coaches winning games this year. Um, uh, but sorry, Siege, I was thinking the same thing too, but I think I usually take, um, the team just like wins the next game. Usually a new coach isn't hired that quickly. So the fact that Heinz was on the bench for the first game and it was his first game after they fired him, I, it negates it. So I'm going to, I'm going to still ride it next time it happens. Yeah, I think he had he had gotten hired like that afternoon and was on the bench that night. I mean, what like that I, is, feel, <laughs> I feel like he couldn't have done anything. Like, no, he had to be there. Everybody's name. He had to be there doing the Eisenman. He was he was probably watching the game. Um, doing Eisenman. That's it. But if, like, just look at look at your <laughs> captain and be like, hey, just just, just go play. Like. <laughs> Well, and then um, in his second game on, I want to say it was on Thursday, um, they started to give up a lead, and he called a timeout with like 15 minutes left. And uh, after that, it was it was much more smooth sailing, and then Pekka scored a goal. So <laughs> um, <laughs> it's got to be so weird. Like you're winning a game, your coach, your new coach calls a timeout, and you're just like, all right, what's this guy got to say? Like I don't know, that would throw me off a little bit. But maybe he had some good things to say, and like you said, they won the game. So, see how Haynes does. Hopefully, the Preds can figure it out. They they should be a playoff team. Fucking power play, man! No. What the fuck? They, they, it sucks. So many talented guys, and I just hate the way they do it. So unurgent and just like brutal. Ah, sad. I don't know if I like Waste their of talent. I don't know if I like their top six so much. Like they're pretty deep, the Predators, but it's not a it's not a super explosive top six. I mean, um, I mean, Duchesne, Forsberg. I mean, Arvidsson hasn't been that great, but who? I mean, who else you got? I mean, you're right. It's only three names I can name off the top of my head, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's they, a I lot just of think with their defense. Like Roman Yossi is one of the best players in the league, I would say. So. Yeah, I mean, I I agree, Siege. Like, there's they have a lot of really good players, but you're right, there isn't really that that breakout game breaking player, um, or at least not this season. Um, you've seen flashes of it out of Philip Forsberg and Ryan Johansson, and then Matthew Shane, obviously, but um, but it is a really deep Hansen, roster. It, it is, it is, and I'm not saying that they're they shouldn't be a playoff team, but. I just, I mean, how long has Johansson kind of underachieved a little bit? I mean, you never, it's not like you talk about his numbers up with the the leaders in scoring or, or even, it's not like he's a selfie conversation guy every year. I mean, I think, I think he was supposed, he still is supposed to be a little bit more, um, and like like Ty said, Arvinson has been injured a little bit. I think that's probably hurting his numbers. Um, but it's a lot of I don't know. It seems like a team full of second line guys, and then and then you got you know Duchesne and Forsberg. 
I mean, wasn't but yeah. I mean, if it's kind of was the whole Vegas model, though, wasn't it? I mean, obviously now they got, you know, Mark Stone and Pacioretty and and those guys that were second line guys in uh, March or so Carlson and, and Smith are obviously playing better than they were on their previous teams. But uh, and I will say Nashville has not been helped by their normal stellar goaltending. Um, Rene and Saros have been uh, quite bad this year. Yeah, they should be better. But um, on a side note, Colin Blackwell, congrats on him getting his first goal. I had drinks at Harvard with him once. Cool, <laughs> dude. Nice. Um, all right. Uh, you want to just get into the final All-Star rosters? We got our last men in voted in. Um, <laughs> and we have let's, our final rosters. Yeah, let's uh, let's figure out who those last men in. Let's uh, start with the Pacific like we like to do. All right. Pacific's last man in is none other than Quinn Hughes, who I think we all had picked. Um, who's just who, a, a young, flashy, great defenseman who's going to add a lot of um, a lot of nice um, flash to the All-Star game. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think uh, Jacob Markstrom uh, is also is replacing Marc-Andre Fleury, who chose not to play. Um and Silverberg and Logan Couture were also uh, replaced with Tomas Hurdle and Anaheim. Oh, Anaheim doesn't have a player. Hmm. Did they have one? They just didn't replace it. I mean, I think you're supposed to have the same amount of guys. Uh, no, but the only other first-time guys are Kachuk and Patcheretti. Oh, Patch's first All Star game. Yeah, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, I mean, kind of wild. Going, going with Quinn Hughes was kind of easy anyway because I feel like that that team had like one defenseman. Um, yeah, so <laughs> you kind of needed a defenseman, and uh, I mean, why wouldn't you want to see Quinn Hughes? Uh, uh, he, I mean, he captains that crazy good power play in Vancouver. Um, I'm really excited to see the Canucks. I hope they make the playoffs. Um, it's a cool young team and it's probably still um, a couple pieces away from being cup contenders, but uh, they made a bigger jump this year than I thought they would. So uh, good to see Quinn Hughes in the all-star game. I love to see the older brother get there first. (laughs) Um, uh, Central division. Our last man in was none other than David Perron. Yeah, buddy. Picked him pop star of the week, like maybe two episodes ago. Fucking guys in overtime. Goal machine. Um, so he's electric in the three-on-three. So he's a natural choice. Um, what would you say? He's the fourth blue to be in it. Yep. This year's the four of them. They're the, they're the cup winners. They're the home team. So I'm sure the crowd will love it. Um, this gonna, there's going to be an all-blues all line. <laughs> Just pretty funny. Um well, is Bennington in it? Yeah. Yeah, so they could there would be four yeah. of them on the ice. Same Bennington, time. Petrangelo, O'Reilly, and Perron. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they'll mix them up, mix them through. Yeah. Is, um, is Barube coaching, too? They do this cup coaches, don't they? Oh, no. Yeah. I think Lee, Lee well, they do a lot of them. I know the Caps coach is going. Yeah, I think it's the division. Though. I think it's the division leaders. Um, yeah, you're probably the, right. Coach that's going because it's the Bruins. Oh, right, because it's four teams. Yeah, 
yeah, it's Cassidy Reardon. Um, I don't know who's coaching out of the Pacific because who knows who was in first place when they decided this. So um, it's uh, Cooper, Maurice Reardon, and Peters. Oh, oh well, I thought I Cassidy. Oh, Cassidy, yeah. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, wait, nope. I'm in the wrong year. That was last mm. year's group. Yep. Um, either way, uh, lots of blues. I'm disappointed uh, that your your most likely rookie of the year is not an all star. I mean, how is Kale McCarr not in the all star game? Yeah, very interesting. Especially, I mean, he shouldn't have left it up to the last man in. And obviously, Perron got picked. He's the hometown guy. But you're right. That's pretty crazy. He's still, I mean, he, still killing just, it. Yeah, it's just now you got uh all star on Quinn Hughes' resume. If mm-hmm. uh, if he picks up the pace at all, he could really um, uh, contend for that rookie of the year with Kale McCarr. It's it's cool that we uh, we're talking about young defensemen as the rookies of the year. He has a handful of them too that are going to be in that conversation. Yeah, these guys are fucking great to watch. But yes, yeah, I mean, hopefully. Quinn Hughes gets some confidence from this and, and has a good all-star game. I mean, hopefully it doesn't hurt his confidence, but it could give a little chip on the shoulder to Kevin McCarr to just blow him out of the water, um, get Colorado rolling, and then, I mean, he's already proved that he can play in the playoffs, so that'll be the ultimate test. See if the Canucks can get even, even get in, but see if McCarr can do some damage when they're in the playoffs. All right, uh, off to the Atlantic where our last man in was none other than Mitch Marner, which I think is very well-deserved, as much as uh, uh, two of us at least kind of wanted uh, Barkoff. But um, it'll be cool to see Marner and Matthews whipping it around together. Yeah, I totally get why he gets the the votes in, especially because if you're looking at how many um, Leaf fans are probably voting compared to how many Cat fans, um, I'm, I'm sure Marner's getting dumped on with votes but uh yeah again uh, another reason why people use the phrase uh unappreciated or or underrated when it comes to alexander barkoff because he's really not i mean everybody knows how good he is but once again he's not going to play in the all-star game uh i mean who is the panthers all-star huberto Huberto, yeah yeah. he's having a sick year he is he is and he deserves to be there just I mean, as much as Barkov does. I feel like that's what these divisional games do, like or these this new format. You don't get your perennial all stars always in there. Like guys who are just like, you know, Barkov started off slow, but he's turning it on now. Like they just always be in the all star game. You know what I mean? That's how it always was back in the old days. But um now it's very exclusive. So it's tough. Um, Corpusalo in there, right, Siege? <laughs> yeah, well, he won't. I don't think he's playing now, but no, he's not. No, no. Uh, Tristan Jari got that spot. Uh, on to our Metropolitan Division, where the last man in was TJ Oshie. Tell you what, Caps fans very clearly are very good at voting because uh, Oshie seems to get named captain every year. Or, I mean, uh, Ovechkin, which he fully deserves. Uh, but that that's a, also a fan voted thing. So you knew they were going to come big for their guy, Oshie, especially with um, with Ovi not being able to play. And they also, yeah, they know, they know Ovi's never going to play. You think <laughs> they're like, maybe this year. <laughs> yeah. Oshie's first as well. That's a little surprising as well. Good for him. 
a lot of firsts this year. Honestly, I can't wait. Can't wait. Um, yeah, the all the All Star game has been great. I um, fifteen so, first time All Stars this year. Fifteen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, I mean, it's always fun that the tournament style format. Uh, as soon as they switched that, I was like, "This." Out of how many? Like thirty-two. Eight guys a team. Eleven. So forty-four, but still. So we're just about twenty-five percent. But that's that's still a lot. I feel like. For first time all stars, yeah, it's yeah, awesome. That's a lot. I was really, really rooting for the Brock Nelson, but uh, <laughs> um, hey, a little fun fact one player amongst all 44 of these guys has the most um appearances in all star games. You guys got any idea who it is? The most in this all star game, yeah, the most voted in this year. So, who's got the most appearances of these group of guys? Um, hmm. Can I pull up a list of the guys, or do I just? Uh, I'll, I'll I'll give you the top uh, the top five. Shea Weber is one of them. Chris Letang is another one. Um, Patrick Kane, and then we got a handful of other guys. Braden Holtby. I feel like I'll it's, give you one more yeah, is Ante Kopitar. Yeah, it's probably it's probably Kane, but I yeah. I might I might guess Latang just because Lou would throw that in there. <laughs> no, Latang is is in second with or in third. With uh, six. Yeah, I think it's Kane. Maybe I mean, yeah, it's Kane. Kane is nine. Shea Weber's in second with seven. What? Oh yeah, okay. Kane won. Yeah. So you were right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. How many did Kopitar have? Uh, Andre Kopitar is at. This is his Five. fifth. All-star yeah. game, yeah. All right, well, um, um, yeah, those are our all-star teams. Yeah, so we get forward to, to, that. Um, to Tyler's trading corner. Yeah, let's go. I feel All like right. it should be called Tyler's trading post. Hey, that's pretty good. There we go. All right, so I was just, you know, thinking the other day about some trades that went on, and uh, Tyler's trading post was born, so... I went back and, you know, looked at some trades throughout the league's history and wanted to quiz you guys on some. So I got uh, one from each of our teams, and then I got three other ones that I liked. So uh, we'll start with uh, we'll start with our teams, we'll start with Lou and Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1991, the Pittsburgh Penguins traded with the Hartford Whalers. Uh, Ron Francis, Wolf Samuelson, and Grant Jennings. Went to the uh, went to the Penguins for. Do you guys know who the three players were from the Whalers? I've got no idea who they sent to the Whalers. I probably know their names, but I couldn't tell you. Paul Coffey. <laughs> uh, I I kind of fucked this one up because I meant to ask you the uh, Whalers names for the uh, Penguins names, but uh, these are kind of some no names. <laughs> you got John Cohen, <laughs> Zarly Zalapsky, and Jeff Parker. I kind of liked his name. Um, all right, we're, we're moving on. <laughs> Islanders, uh, they traded with the Kings um, siege in 1980. Any idea what big name the Islanders acquired for Dave Lewis and Billy Harris? Um, Butch Goring. Wow. Snipe, dude. How'd you know that? Boom. Butch Goring <laughs> does the color commentary for the New York Islanders. Ah. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> Nice, dude. All right. Um, now my team. 
in this blockbuster deal in 1992. Uh, the Flyers traded with the Quebec Nordiques. Um, do you guys know what? So the Flyers got one player. The Nordiques got one, two, three, four, five, six, and two draft picks and a cash settlement. Do you guys know the flyer? The player the Flyers got. And, what year was that know, again? 1992. And any of the guys involved from was the Nordiques? It, was it John Leclaire? He was not involved. No. No, he came from Montreal. He came from Montreal. That's right. Um, so the Flyers got this one dude for basically the house, right? Man, in '92, that's too early for Lindros, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Well, and Lindros, who was Lindros refusing to play for? Was the Nordics? Yeah. Oh. So, oh, yeah, so it was Eric. Oh, yeah. Eric yeah. So it is Eric oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, had, but, it had to be a huge name like that. But the guys that the Nordique shipped over are no like slumps. No, if you guys can think any of them. Oh. Um, I always try to think of guys wasn't, on. Wasn't like on the first Avs team. Wait, wasn't yeah? Wasn't it like like Forsberg and um. Forsberg is one, yeah. All right, oh. boom, nice. Those defensemen got one. Defensemen, Kerry Huffman, Steve Duchesne, for Peter Forsberg, center Mike Ritchie, goalie Ron Hextall, forward Chris Simon, a first-round pick in 93, a first-round pick in 94, and $15 million. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's too bad Lindros kept hitting his head. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a pretty good trade, I feel like, but... Um, yeah, it just didn't turn out great. But yeah, that was a fucking crazy deal. God, uh, that was, yeah, that's wild. All right. In 1995, the Colorado Avalanche acquired goalie Patrick Waugh and forward Mike Keane from the Montreal Canadiens for what? Four players. Three players, sorry. Goalie and two forwards. Uh, was Hextall part of that deal? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was only two years later, so... He was on the. This is the Canadian something Nordiques. Yeah, but it's but it's the Nordiques became the Avalanche. The yeah. All yeah. oh, right. Yeah. Um, True. I'm trying to think who the goalie was out there before Wa. Well, before. Yeah, before Wa, they would have been the Nordiques. <laughs> no, well, regardless, I'm trying to just <laughs> think of the goalie that was. I imagine that's the goalie they would have traded. Well, if it wasn't next talk, because we know we had them. Uh, um, they traded for goalie Jocelyn Tebow, Martin Ruchinski, and Andre Kovalenko. Okay, I would not have known was, any of those names. It was Tebow. labeled as Le Trade. <laughs> Jocelyn Tebow. Didn't he play for the Pens at some point? I feel like I remember that guy. He played for the Blackhawks, I think. Tebow. Uh, there may have been a Tebow. Yeah, Siege. Yeah. Kind of in those, yeah, in those weird... In those weird, uh, I feel like he played in a classic game. Yeah, post Barrasso years. Yeah, in between Barrasso and Flurry, when we had like the moves. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, two more. Uh, this one's a good one. It's between two more Canadian teams. Um, so in 1994, the Quebec Nordiques acquire, acquire Wendell Clark, 
Sil- oh, Jesus, we'll sneeze again. Uh, Sylvain Leboevi, that's the butcher, and Landon <laughs> Wilson, and a first round pick um, from the Maple Leafs. And the Maple Leafs got uh, a number one pick, and then three three other players, including this guy who was with the team for a long time. Matt's Sundin. Oh yeah, boom! Great work, Siege. Also, Gareth Garth Butcher and Todd Warner, also the first round pick. All right, last one, probably my favorite one. 2007, um, the Anaheim Ducks and Edmonton Oilers trade. Uh, first and the second round pick are involved. The Ducks acquire one player and the Oilers acquire two, along with the first and second round pick. Any idea who was moved? One of my favorite, two of my favorite. Yeah, we have Pronger players. We go to Anaheim. Boom. Yep. Nice. And uh, Ooh, all right. So who does Edmonton get? Two um, guys. Was did Kessler go to Edmonton? No, Kessler would have came from. He was a duck. I mean, the, oh no, he came from Vancouver. Oh, to to Anaheim. To Anaheim, yeah. And beyond. Um, how about he was a flyer with Pronger from the Ducks? Did was. Was Hemsky or Horkoff one of them? They weren't Flyers. Horkoff was it? No. Hmm. Maybe in my fantasy team in 08, NHL 08. <laughs> confusing us, yeah. Um, hmm. All right. Well, the D, the defenseman is Ladislav Smead. Ah. But the guy I've been trying to talk to you guys is Joffrey, don't call me Jeffrey Lupel. Oh, I didn't realize he was out there. Um, all right. Well, that's the first round think, of Tyler's yeah. trading post. I think, um, I think needs work. CJ, CJ probably has the current leaderboard spot <laughs> after round one. Yep. Um, I realized it's hard to how to ask. You know, how do you ask those? Like, that's... yeah. You see, sometimes when I mess up my hockey yeah. history questions, it's. <laughs> I wish I could uh, send faces or something. I don't know. I'll work on it. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Uh, also, with the the trade deadline coming up, maybe um, uh, you get into some who's free agent at the end of the year, who's who might be your buyers and sellers. We could do the trade post a few different ways. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! Eric Lindros for everything. <laughs> <laughs> so who uh, who did we have on that? Um, s- I think we were talking about Rick Nash and he was like, I feel like his career was pretty close to Eric Lindros. And it was like fucking spot on shieldsy shields. Yeah. Because he knows nothing about the NHL. And when he said that me and Stanton were like, what the fuck? <laughs> we were like, Where did that come from? I was like, that's one of the most like inquisitive things I've ever heard. I'm like, you guys agreed too." And he was just like, I don't know where that came from. Like he was like, <laughs> We started that podcast, and he was on his phone the whole time. He wasn't talking like me and Stan were. He was just looking at, like, the standings and reading, like, storylines of the year to get caught up like such a fucking military nerd. Love you, Shield I got two, uh, two questions of hockey history for you. Sweet, sweet. Oh, yeah. so, so, the year is 1985. 
And this goalie becomes the first goalie to shut out the Boston Bruins at Boston Garden in more than seven years. It's the first time the Bruins failed to score a goal on home ice uh, since October 16th of 1977. Who was the shutout goalie? Played for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. That's mm, going to be mad when, I don't, when we don't get this. Yeah, Sabres goalie from the 80s. <laughs> Before Hasek, right? <laughs> a little bit. Um, Marty Biron? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's probably about 15 years too early as well. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's the uh, aforementioned Tom Barrasso. Damn. Boston native, too. Yep. Thanks for and reminding then me. <laughs> in 1976, um, this team became the first NHL team to defeat the Soviet Union Central Red Army team. They won the game 4-1 in front of 17,000 fans. Flyers. Uh, in 76? Mm-hmm. Boston. It was indeed the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Philadelphia Flyers. Yep. Yep. You know why? Because they just beat the shit out of them. <laughs> There's a, uh, a story that when they were playing the Soviets, the Flyers were just fucking hacking everyone and like beating the shit out of them. And uh, the Russians weren't going to come back on the ice. Um, so the fucking guy who's doing the TV deal and stuff, cause they're only doing it because they were getting paid. I uh, came down and was like, you won't get paid if you don't get back on the ice. So they had to finish. And I don't think they're very into it. <laughs> Rough street bullies, baby. Bullied Russia. Right. There you go. Quick, uh, quick hockey history segment this week. All right. Um, do we got pop stars? Ooh, sure. <laughs> do you need me to go? Uh, well, yep. All right. Well, um, I'm totally prepared. <laughs> yeah. Like every week, right? Um, yeah. I'm not on so, the NHL app. <laughs> my pop star <laughs> of the week is Andre Vasilevsky. Um, Vasilevsky has been ridiculous, kind of like his bolts of late. Um, he has, he's had four wins in the past week, two of them shutouts. In fact, the last two are consecutive shutouts, um, in Philadelphia where the Flyers have been tough and home to Arizona who have been the street killers of the year so far. Didn't, uh, didn't even mark up, uh, Vasilevsky's sheet. So um, he stopped ni- 97 of 100 shots in his in this week. So uh, Vasilevsky turning up with the bolts. Uh, they're going to be tough to beat. Stretch. Yeah, we didn't even touch on the bolts. How they're just roaring. I think they've got they've won ten straight. Mm-hmm. All of a yeah, sudden in, in Philly, it was their tenth straight. Gonna, they're going to they're going to be that that best team in the second half and absolutely make a run. Watch out. Yeah. They are, and they've had that adversity now. They they know what it takes to overcome, you know, some struggle, which hasn't occurred in in the past Didn't, year. Yeah, and they just put up a nine spot on Vancouver the other that, this past week too. And that I think both of them had won seven games at that point in a row. Yeah, that's a good segue into mine. Um, I'm going to give it to Braden Point. Because he was just fucking helping the Lightning light it up. He had a goal and three assists the other day when they scored nine goals 
against Vancouver. I think you guys were just talking about that. Um, so that's my guy. Pops pick of the week. All right. I got uh, David Pasternak. Uh, Pasta netted, netted himself another hat trick the uh, last night. Um, at least one on the power play. Kids got more power play goals than the Ottawa Senators. Um, is that good? <laughs> pa- Pasta also hit Sezikis in the nuts last night with a slapper. Oh, uh, dear. Yeah. Uh, luckily, not a direct shot. It uh, deflected off of Casey's stick. Um, but it was like a, it was like a low slapper from uh, probably top of the circle center, and uh, it hits Sazika's stick and goes straight up into the nuts. So uh, you never want to get hit from below. I feel like no. it's worse. Um, but yeah, he went down for for a good minute. Tough, uh, tough OT loss. So that I think it was in overtime when he got hit in the nuts too. And then mm. it was the very next sequence that Boston scored to win it in overtime. But uh, I'll take a point against Boston any day at this point. Um, yeah, we, we've got him twice this week. They're not playing that well, especially if you ask people around here. Well, <laughs> I think, I think Boston, if, if, if Boston's not winning a championship, Boston fans are, are pissed. So... Yeah, I mean, it's not the worst, not the worst mentality. <laughs> no. Well, I I would be pissed too because now you've got Toronto and uh, Tampa surging, so you want to keep that that home ice as long as you can in the playoffs. Harry, you got anything else? Oh, um, we didn't even touch on uh, McDavid's goal the other night. Oh, oh God! Yeah. <laughs> Poor One of the Morgan best. Riley. Yeah, one of the best goals I've ever seen. I don't even care who's playing defense. I mean, that was ridiculous. And it wasn't just the look off. I mean, it was the whole thing. Yeah, it was the move at the end to beat Anderson, too. Uh, he did that move again, like last night. Did he, did he score? Yeah. He didn't do like the look off move, but this finish was the same. And it was at this still like, Jesus Christ, that was unreal. Like yeah, it was like he 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 yeah he did that look off and then like a quarter second later was on the other side of Morgan Riley. Meanwhile, I mean, what's Morgan Riley looking at though? <laughs> he got sonked real hard. Sonk. <laughs> Yandel got two pens in a row in a four-one loss to the Panthers last week. Ooh, that's awesome. Sonk. Uh, uh, yeah. What's the game of the week? Oh shit! Um, um, I, you know let's what? I take a look. Really looked forward. Um, um, let's see. Dallas, Colorado. On, I think that's Tuesday night. It's not a bad one. Pittsburgh and Boston. In Boston. In Boston, yeah. Ooh, I'm gonna have to DM Zach. He's had some good hits lately. Yeah, he's been playing really well. That fourth line is oh, killing it right now. I love when they're on the ice. I know. I keep waiting for him to be sent down, but he's been staying up. I love it. Oh yeah. I think it. I think I think that fourth line is safe. I think third line guys might pop in and out. Nice. You got the Coyotes in Vancouver that day too. All right. All right. And then uh, Saturday is. Um, Caps at the Islanders, Blues at the Avalanche, 
Slash player blues soon. Uh, yep. All right. Um, well, let's let's take. This <laughs> well, we didn't ex- we didn't exactly. Are we going to pick a game of the week? We didn't nope. pick one. We never okay. really do. I know, but we never all watch it. When we're like, we get to the next week and we're like, ah, I watch highlights. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> always go check out our very good friends parlors they're an awesome band out of new york city and they let us use their uh song state lines as the intro and outro music that you guys listen to every week uh you can follow us on all of our social media at the heineman brothers hockey show on instagram facebook and twitter hockey